there was once a, a young boy who was um, a very good runner in his town. He was the best. And he felt nobody could defeat him. And it was true because he was really agile, really quick. So the town was holding a competition, a running competition, a marathon. And, um, and the organizers told all the participants to go and have a look at the racetrack. And this, this, um, this young boy, I mean, he's been doing this for many years. He's the best. He's, he decided not to go and have a look at the, um, at the track that they will be running on. And rather he said, let me not waste any time. Let me just prepare for this, for this race. So the day comes, everybody is, is um, you know, is running. As part of the racetrack, they have to walk, they have to run through a forest. Again, this young boy has been living in this town. He knows this forest very well. But as he continues to run, he twists his ankle and he's in pain because there was like a damp area in the forest. All other runners, you know, go through this area pretty smoothly because they had already had a look at it. They were already prepared for this area. So this young boy who was the best runner ends up losing the race. So the moral of the story, we can say, is overconfidence is not good. He could have gone and had a look at the racetrack. He could have avoided the situation. He could have been victorious. We all, at some point in life, um, you know, have our encounters with confidence. Sometimes our confidence is all the way up, sometimes it's down low, but we see these surges and drop in confidence. We encounter today in the Gospel, Peter, who is very confident. Let us just step back a little bit. Last Sunday, what did we hear about Peter? Jesus asked Peter and the disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you know, he does not say he's Elijah, the prophet. Uh, he says that initially, but, but then he truly re reveals to Jesus who he is. He says, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. You are the Lord. And what does uh, uh, Jesus say? He says, well, Peter, it is... It is not you who are saying this. Um, it is the Spirit that has revealed this to you. And, and, and Jesus names him Peter, the rock on which I will build my church. At this point, Peter should be the most confident person. Everything is going well. Right? But what happens today in the Gospel? Um, Jesus announces today in the gospel, you know, what does it mean to be a Messiah? That he will have to go to Jerusalem, he will have to suffer and be killed. 
He'll have to die on the cross. And what does Peter say? God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. And what does Jesus respond today to Peter? He says, get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. He could have, Jesus could have said it in many different ways, but he uses the most stern language towards Peter. Peter, the rock, today, Jesus calls him Satan. It's kind of difficult to understand. Um, why would Jesus do this? Because if you are a friend, I mean, you, I mean, you know, if you love somebody, you don't want them to go through hardship. You don't want them to go through struggles, right? So it's normal for you to say what Peter would do. It's just difficult to understand. But what, what, what I believe the gospel is trying, what Jesus is trying to say is sometimes we, we, we think we know too much, right? We, we think, um, you know, we, we think about things our own way. Um, Peter had his own idea of the Messiah, right? We, in our confidence, sometimes try to dictate things to Jesus. We want to dictate things about our faith. We will say we will, we will do certain things. We will engage our faith in certain ways. Um, but God knows better. What does Jesus go on to say? He, he says that you are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. And then he goes on to say, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So confidence for us, disciples of Christ, believers, we could say confidence in terms of faith. So a question to ask ourselves today is, where do you place your faith? Do you place it in yourself or in something else? We all can relate ourselves with Prophet Jeremiah today um, and, and, and at many moments. Jeremiah says, you duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. When we encounter difficulty, when we, when we experience pain, when we witness suffering, struggles, challenges, when we encounter the cross, we sometimes cry out just like Jeremiah, you duped me, Lord, and I let myself be duped. I thought everything was going to be easy. I thought I, thought I was doing the right things. But Jesus says, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So we've got to pick up our crosses, whatever that may be. And what Jesus invites us is to willingly enter our difficulties, our pains, willingly embrace it. We don't do it because you know, we draw pleasure out of it, but but we do it because we truly believe that our hearts and minds are being transformed as we carry our crosses. That we are transformed. Every transformation takes time. It takes commitment. 
the efforts that we make to come to Mass, the efforts that we make to find time to pray, the effort that we make to do acts of charity, you know, either, you know, um, material acts of charity, spiritual acts of charity, um, all that effort that we do impacts our heart. Every decision that we take in the direction of God impacts our heart. It transforms us. We, we hear in the second reading, St. Paul telling the Romans, do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Be transformed. Pope Benedict XVI said, every cross is an opportunity. He said, although the cross may be heavy, it is not synonymous with misfortune, with disgrace, to be avoided on all accounts. Rather, it is an opportunity to follow Jesus and thereby to acquire strength in the fight against sin and evil. So the cross gives us the strength. If we embrace it, willingly accept it, it gives us the strength to fight sin and evil. There are many men and women before us um, who have lived, who have been great models of carrying the cross. We call them saints today. Every saint that you, that you look, you read their life, they would have some cross or the other that they have carried. And they did that because they came to a conclusion very soon that the only way that their hearts and minds can be transformed is by carrying the cross, by embracing it. They put their faith not in themselves, but in Christ. You know, a great way to look at the life of a saint would be to look at the stained glass windows. You know, we have them all around here in the church. You know, they, they stand out when there's light that penetrates through them. If you come here when the church is dark in the evening, they don't stand out as much. So you and I, and so what the saints did is that they allowed the light of Christ to penetrate to them, through them, to flow through them. And that's why they stand out. As disciples, we're called to be vessels we're called to, to be vessels of God's love, God's mercy. Uh, we're called to look at our challenges, accept them, there are challenges, but to always look with hope and faith at these challenges. We're called not to depend on ourselves, but on depend on Christ. You know, Christ does not expect us to change the world on our own. What he expects us to do is recognize his presence, to demonstrate His love, His mercy, and allow His light to shine through us. So as we prepare to receive Christ the Eucharist, let us truly pray for the grace to carry our crosses, to, to allow God's will. Somebody, I met a young person yesterday, and, and, um, and, and, and I asked, what can I pray for you? She said, pray that I may be open to God's will, to whatever He asks of me. So may that be our prayer today, that we may be open to His will uh, in our life, 
which invariably will involve a cross.